Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Photography is the only language that can be understood anywhere in the world. And that is a quote by Bruno Barbie. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today. And I could probably talk to our guest, Larry Hirschberger, for like six different episodes, but we're going to see if we can confine it to this one. Um, Before I tell you who this amazing human is, I want to encourage you to go to lucydumas.com, Lucy with an I, get on, grab one of the gifts there, and that will get you not only the gift, but you'll get in my mailing list so that you can get newsletters about shows that are coming up and anything that I might be offering, like a group coaching program that I've been planning to restart in the next couple of months. So anywho, here is the deal about Larry, Larry Hershberger and the art of magic and light. Ta-da! <laughs> he is an internationally acclaimed and licensed artist. He's a storyteller, a writer, a designer, a PPA master photographer. He's currently living in Tampa, Florida, and Greensboro, North Carolina. So he has a studio in each one. Is that right, Larry? I have a satellite location in Greensboro. Okay. My studio, studio, and, and home is in Tampa now, or just outside, you know, Odessa, but it's uh, Tampa. <laughs> So thank you. So he's globally known for his innovation of magical Santa photography, magical snowman, vintage baseball, and fine art classic portraiture. And as I'm looking at the scene behind his head, there are Christmas ornaments, lights, garlands, all kinds of Christmas stuff. So he's the real deal in this (laughs) magical Santa photography. He also speaks internationally. And teaches, he has been in over 4,000 studios. So I'm going to ask him more about that. But Larry, thank you so much for saying yes to being on The Profitable Photographer today. Well, first of all, I I thank you. And and I love the name of your your podcast, The Profitable Photographer. I am all about that. Ah, Um, do I hear a leftover Canadian accent, Larry? Mm, you do. It's still there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was born and raised on the prairies and I on a farm and I love that upbringing. It was uh, it was a good way to, to be raised. Uh-huh. So my first question is, and I'm looking for like a minute and a half on this, Larry. Uh, how did you get started in photography or what was your what was that? You know, um, I've been an artist all my life. I mean, I, I could draw just a God given talent when I was a kid. And so I did a lot of portraiture, drew a lot of portraits for, for other farmers and, mm. and whatnot. And, and, I, and that was when I was in my early teens, uh, even before then. And I just loved to draw. Um, I did a lot, of draw, a lot of drawing in high school as well. I, I loved port, the portrait side of things. So when I advanced in after college, I, I, you know, strangely, I ended up in, in uh, the, the auto body industry. Sorry to interrupt, but that's like 
the most common way people get in photography, right? Is working yeah, in the right. auto body industry. <laughs> well, in a way though, because it was a custom shop where I was doing freehand murals on vans and motorcycles oh. and bikes and everything. So I still was an artist, right? That was a way that I could do my art, right? And mm-hmm. I and I started the company when I was 20. Well, about seven years later, I realized how dirty and, and filthy that industry is. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do going forward. So I, I opened up a photography studio and began my kind of my journey into to teaching myself how to do photography. You know, open up a studio and away I went. And, you know, quickly realized that I wanted to have these big, beautiful studio sets. Mm. So I started making them and I didn't think anything different than that. That's an upbringing of a farm boy. When you need ah. something, you build it. Ah. Right? You just make it. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you're welding, you're, you're doing framing or cabinetry or shingling. I don't care what it is. I mean, your life growing up at a farm is that when something needs to be built, you build it. So I just went ahead and, and, and built these big sets. And I remember there was a photographer at the time nearby named Klaus Bone, and Klaus saw my sets and he said, and Klaus was very well respected in the industry, been a photographer for many, many, many years. And he said, you know what? You've got an idea here that I think everybody's going to want around the world. Wow. So I started doing sets and backgrounds for other people, other photographers. Well, over the period of the next 20 years, that's what I ended up doing. Oh. And and I ended up uh, creating studio sets and backgrounds for, for clients in over 50 countries. And when you start going to all the different PPA and PPOC and WPPI and all the different shows, and back in the day, boy, there was a there was a show every week. I right. mean, there were there were state shows, there was regional shows, there was, I mean, it was everywhere. And well attended. Well, very well attended, huge shows. But I was the guy that the speaker said, Can you please provide a set for me or a background for me in my lecture? So I went to probably more lectures than anyone. Uh-huh. Now, when I after I set up the set, I didn't just tune out. I tuned in. So I learned, and I became very good friends with some fine photographers. One being, you know, Don Blair and the Simone yeah. and uh, um, Darton Drake, and you know, some of the people that I so highly admired and in, in their their knowledge and their talent. And they shared so much knowledge with me that I understood lighting and I understood composition. And I'll add that to my painting skills and my drawing skills and and uh, the studying I had done on old masters. And you suddenly have this, this knowledge pool that's huge. Mm. Now, in that time frame, I had also gone to over 4,000 studios. Now, I, that's a lot. Yeah. But I, for years, years and years and years, drove through all of America and all of Canada. Every state, every province, except for Alaska, Newfoundland, and Hawaii. All the rest of them. So at this point, you didn't have your own studio that was up and running doing I closed it. Okay. I, I closed it because I couldn't do both. There was, there's not enough of me, right? Okay. So I closed the studio to do this. But once I, what I realized was the world of photography at that time, now this would be going back to, say, 1990, at that time, the world of photography in North America was canvas, curtains, carpet, old chair. <laughs> yeah. Right? That was it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that was it. A few, few different old chairs, a few different small props. And then, and I was like, that's not what I want for my studio. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that all evolved 
years later, that company was hit with a perfect storm and I lost that company. When I then decided to, okay, I've got this, this deep well of knowledge. I need to open up my studio and do my photography my way. Mm. When Photoshop came to life, I, I jumped on it immediately. Mm. Matter of fact, any software. So hold on. This is a quick leap from the early 90s, which just, so for me, Larry, the drapes, the curtains, the painted, I remember that as well. And yeah. then in my world, the high key showed up with the white yep. backgrounds, white chairs, white everything. Yep. And that's what was the higher end because it was different because uh, places like Olin Mills was doing the old master look. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a few years and then realized I hated it because mm -hmm. I couldn't get any shape in the light. And then I did that same thing. What do I love and realized I loved simplicity, medium key, black and white, babies without many clothes on, warmth, natural. I didn't need props except maybe a bunny to keep the kids' hands in place. So your journey went to studio and an incredible storytelling. But we both said, I don't like this. What do I like? And so I, right. I think that's something I just want my listeners to know is it's great to copy. It it's great to do something at a certain point. I'm guessing you'd agree that in order to stand out, you want to find out what floats your boat. Well, I think you, you start to distinguish yourself um, and develop your own brand. Yes. Right. So so that's the other thing uh, I'll make sure your listeners understand is that, I mean, I'm all about branding. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm just so, so specifically connected to branding. I think that developing your style and your brand and understanding that from a business and marketing standpoint is extremely important. Yeah. I don't want to be a starving artist. I don't think that, you know, just the artist be all and end all. You listen, my art is important to me. I will say that. But at the end of the day, it, it must be sold. If not, it just sits on the hard drive or it sits in a closet. And mm -hmm. that does nobody any good at all. So can you, because some people think of a brand as, okay, what would my client like? And I'm going to make a logo and just pick pick colors and call it my brand. Can you define branding in a deeper, more insightful way? I love helping people. I do an exercise when I'm coaching where we're searching for their unique brand. We do mm -hmm. a craft project. We do a visualization. I'd love to hear what that means to you sure you i mean your your brand starts by you know get up in the morning go stand in front of a mirror take a look that's your brand today Eeks. can i can i put on my lipstick first <laughs> listen what when it's only you looking at your brand you can be whatever you want okay. when you're ready to get out in the public that's your brand mm. that is part of your brand what other people see about you that is part of your brand you are your brand right right Okay, so that's the first the first part of what a brand is. The second thing is, it's how you, in your entirety, if it's a business, how does the business in its entirety make others feel? Okay, what is the product? And if it's an art-related product, what does it end up on? Mm. Right? 
an art related product must have a viewer or it's really not anything. Mm-hmm. So how many viewers are you going to have? What's your, uh, who's your target viewer and target audience? Your brand is going to fit with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can start to make, you know, list those questions for yourself and say, well, okay, what do I want? Who do I want my art to be seen by? And what is the art that I want to create from me? Because if art is you and you look in the mirror and you see you, okay, uh, and and then you create that art, is that art truly you? Mm. So like my high key stuff, not truly me. Correct. So is that the brand you really want, right? It's still a brand. Whatever you choose to show is still a brand. It's your mm-hmm. brand. If your name's on it, it's your brand. Right. But, you know, I think it takes a, a great deal of, of fearlessness to to step out and say, I am going to be my own brand. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay if it fails. Because here's here's the thing about branding and art in general. If I make a, a art, a piece of art that satisfies my soul deeply, and then I show it to others, and it it doesn't connect with anyone, but it still connects with me, is that a, is that necessarily a failed brand? Mm. It well, it is if I'm trying to make a living with it, right? If I'm doing it as a hobby to satisfy me. It's absolutely a success, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know. I mean, you're, you're only doing it for you anyway. So who? I don't care what anyone thinks, but this is what makes branding challenging. Right, right. If you're, if you're going, to, going to develop artwork that is something new, that connects with who, right? Does it connect with a small little sliver of people? Or does it connect with the mass of society? Mm. Okay, well, I'm going to choose to connect a create a brand that connects with the mass of society. Right? I mean, that right. makes logical business sense because there's going to be a bigger audience looking at my brand and feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought you got you get thinking when you're creating that brand, well, what's the most powerful branding time or most powerful product selling time in the world? But it's Christmas. Christmas. Right? What yeah. I mean, it's the bulk of all company sales. Right. Christmas time. Yeah. So if I could create a, a brand that already has a very strong selling market and then also connects with people's heart and soul and minds on the general public stage, mm-hmm. now I'm creating a brand. And if I can make that now that that art, so I love it. Ah, now I've captured the three corners. Three corners are what again? Right. It's, it's, do I love what I'm creating? One. And then down uh, the, the corner is, is does every, does a large audience love what you're creating? So are you creating so a large audience can appreciate that? Okay. So volume. Yeah. And then third is, is it already in a time frame that is pre-marketed? Ah. Chris, Christmas is pre-marketed already. Right, right. So other examples of that are 
a wedding, senior portraits, newborns. Sure. That there, there's a built-in audience for those. It's got a built-in audience that, that's volume. But where, where this particular product that I'm talking about with my Christmas work, it has that third leg. And that is it's pre-marketed and it's and technically, you know, why does it connect with such a large volume of people? Mm -hmm. Because young, old, male and female love it. Mm -hmm. They all love Christmas. They all love Santa. They all love snowmen. But also it's part of and this is a big one. It's part of our folklore. Ah. So it connects to society. I love that. Right. It connects deeply to society. Got it. Because it's the Santa and Christmas trees are not religious symbols. So there's a broader correct uh, audience. There's a broader appreciation than things related to the actual celebrating correct. the birth of Christ. So it's got correct. more universality. But it's funny you bring that up because in my, I'm a writer as well. And I'm a big believer in storytelling. So every image has to tell its own individual story because we make this beautiful, these beautiful, huge art piece of artwork. And, you know, that one image has to grab people's attention and like hold its gaze like now. Mm -hmm. But it's one of a sequence of images that tell a story. And that story is the child's dream on the night before Christmas. And in the green dream, they go to Santa's workshop at five to midnight. Well, in that dream, can Santa not? Tell the child, teach the child the true meaning of Christmas by reading the child his favorite Christmas story, which is the birth of Christ. Uh huh. But he doesn't have to for people that, Correct. that don't don't connect. Because I'm the writer, I can either write that part in and bring the images in, or I can. So that's why everything's done in advance, and that all actually fits with the marketing and sales system. Okay. That's and that's oh so important because right, right, to, to this point we've just talked about creating a a brand that's a look and why is right. the look so powerful because so now you get an idea of why I've, I made the decisions and this is a a glut of a, a glossed over version of why I made the decision to create the storytelling art that I do. Mm -hmm. you know, even with the snowman, I mean, if it snows outside, tell me a child that doesn't go outside and want to build a snowman. Yes. What about mom and dad? They want to build a snowman. <laughs> In San Diego, there's lots of children that don't go out and build snowmen, but coming from Canada, you may not know that. <laughs> Kid, well, I know, but even they, if they could, they would. They would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's I think that's the 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 interesting part of this. Yes. That's the interesting part. Yes. So Larry, um, can you tell me the quickest place for people to see these photographs? Sure. Well, there's there's a couple of different things. Artofmagicandlight.com, I think, is one that's very important. Artofmagicandlight.com. Okay. And then the other is masterpieceartwork.com. Okay. So I'd encourage people to go there, maybe even pause this if you're home, so you can look at his work so that this makes more sense. But Well, go to one more site. It's important. It's okay. One more site's important. That's kissingtreestudio.com. Okay. Kissing Tree Studio. Okay, so go look at his work. Uh, if you're driving, Larry, I'd like you to describe just in a nutshell what makes this different than Santa portraits. And I've got air quotes 
around it where there's yeah, yeah, know, volume Santa. So when I first started the magical Santa photography, there was nobody doing it. Mm. The world was Santa pics. Right. All, all studios. And I know because I've been at all the studios. Right. Like, I mean, there was nobody doing what I do, even though some may claim, but I know for a fact at the time, there was no magical Santa photography. Every studio out there was doing Santa pics. And, and you know, you know, the, the shtick, it's like you book a day or two days in November or December, you hire a Santa, you, you book as many kids in and in 10 or 15 minutes or even five minutes per kid. And you run as many kids through as you can. And each session is maybe worth 80 bucks or maybe max 150 bucks. But you just run as many as you can through. You get a few five by sevens with each one and they go through. And then, you know, it's like the, the kid comes in out of the lineup and it's like, okay, you're next, Johnny. Come on in. Hop up on my knee. Okay. What do you want for Christmas? You want a truck? Okay. Great. Smile at the camera. And they turn and smile at the camera. <laughs> click. And then it's like, okay, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. Run along. Get next. out of here. Okay, Jennifer, <laughs> come on. Hop up here on my knee. And they repeat yeah. the process. Yeah. Meanwhile, the photographer's going click, click. Click, click. Some of the kids are screaming. Some of the kids are laughing. Some of the kids are whispering into their ear. But it's as fast as it can happen. After two days, the photographer is frazzled and they've whatever made ten or twenty thousand dollars. And they've got a lot of production work to do. After yeah, man, it's over, but they're so glad it's over. And it's like, OK, good. That's done. OK, so what are you doing that's completely different? Yeah, what I do is is, is, is so different. Because what I do is, is um, you know, I've got a, a beautiful set set up that is Santa's workshop. And I've got uh, strategic lighting in place to allow for a dual main setup so that children and Santa could come in and interact. Mm. Now, I don't act as just the photographer. I act as the director. Uh-huh. So it's really a play. And I need to direct these children. Now, Santa... Santa already knows the play. I've written the play. He already knows it. He knows what when he needs to talk, when he doesn't need to talk. And he's always wa- watching and listening for my cues. Mm. The bulk of the, com- the communication with the child happens between me and the child, not Santa. Okay. Which is very unusual. Because I act as my own inner child. So when the parents and the kids show up, I tell the children the most amazing, magical story. Out in the hallway or in the, another room. Mm-hmm. And this amazing story. And, and I get their attention. And they, like, follow me like a Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. So now when we get in and I bring Santa, we bring the kids up to Santa, they don't sit close to Santa. They sit on the other side of a little tiny table. And there's the kids and there's Santa. They're already pre-positioned into perfect imperfection. Mm-hmm. So it's like set up into a scenario to make good things happen. Yeah. But the, the composition is already in place. Right. The lighting's already in place. There's no strobes going. It's all continuous light. Oh, wow. And now it's up to me to, to, to work the children in a way that is like a crescendo of sounds and conversation mm. that brings them to that magical wonder of a child moment. Because I need to photograph not just a picture of kids with Santa. I need to photograph an iconic moment with Santa and children featuring appropriate matching expressions. That's a big difference. Yes. So how much time 
And what do you sell an individual uh, sure. parent? So the, the, the sessions, these sessions are an hour long each, and I actually allow an hour and a half each. So, you know, you obviously you can't do too many in a day. It's a lot of work for a, a Santa. Santas are generally older, so they can only do so much, right? Right. So we do five sessions a day. But our sessions average between 6,500 and 7,000 a session. Well, to put that in perspective, we do a three-day weekend. We starting in, start in July. We do, in July, we do two three-day weekends. That's 30 sessions. That's almost a quarter million dollars in business. Wow. And what, what did they go home with for $6,500 on average? It depends. It depends, but they are going to go home with um, a piece of wall art framed. Mm -hmm. They're going to go home with a storybook, custom written storybook. Oh, set set the poetry. That'll literally be a children's storybook that'll just, the the grandparents will love to read to their children. Oh, right. Exactly. So you've you've (laughs) said two important words in the last few minutes here. You said, wow. And you said, oh, uh-huh. Okay, those are key selling words. Yes. Yes. If, and then the third I'm thing told. is, <laughs> yeah, the third thing is, is Christmas cards and gift products. Because what better gift to give to anybody? This is a gift you can't buy in a store. Right. You can't. So this is powerful and it's it's meaningful. And the story is the story of the child's dream. Mm. I mean, it's it's on the night before Christmas. It's their very own night before Christmas storybook. And I take the, the artwork very seriously. So I supply the clothing. Uh, I supply uh, everything. Because mm-hmm. I am making a piece of artwork. Everyone is an individual piece of art, and they'll be as good as the previous one. So as you go from page to page, each one will drop your jaw. Oh. And then you read the poetry, and it's like, wow. I can hear... Uh people all over the world thinking, Larry, can I fly in and get on your calendar for June? Because that is beautiful. I I have clients from right now from over 30 states. We have photographed, oh gosh, I can't even count how many photographers' children we've photographed. I bet. Yeah, from everywhere. But but just last year alone, last fall, we, we had people fly their kids in from Vermont, from um, Massachusetts, uh, Arizona, Texas, Tennessee, and then all the states right around um, North Carolina. And this was for one one month of, of capture in North Carolina. And people came from that far. Yeah. Uh, so this makes my heart really happy because one of the things that when I'm coaching people and they're wanting to do Christmas minis because they've always done them mm-hmm. and trying to encourage them to not be spending prime time. You had a term for it, uh, you know, the built-in audience. Yes. Spending yes. that the way that you describe that. Even um, there are some people that that manage to do Christmas events and maybe have a five to $700 sale per client. But mm. the work and the way it takes the time away and the potential clients who would buy a beautiful book, a wall portrait, gifts, and invest well, 
well, if they've got this Christmas mini option, then how many people might we be losing that would have loved an hour plus session? So it makes my heart happy to hear you explain how to think bigger and why, you know, those two Christmas mini weekends, uh, usually people are starting them too late. <laughs> in Way my experience See, we we start in in july we do we do july sessions now last year we didn't do august and september because we had this beautiful baby yeah right and so we didn't do any sessions in those two months so we only worked sessions in july october november and then one weekend right close to christmas in in december but other than that it was pretty much just three months. It was November, October, and July, right? You know, we did 50 sessions, but do the numbers at, at, at a, you know, $6,800 per session. That's a chunk of change. That's a chunk of change. Now, this year, our strategy this year is to do 100 sessions. Mm. Now, And we'll do that in half a year. What do you do the other half a year? Well, the other half a year, I, I do teach. Um, I do mentorships. We also at Masterpiece Artwork, uh, both Ella and I, my wife and I, who's my partner, she's extraordinarily talented as well. And and she and I do uh, beautiful oil paintings for clients. Mm. Um, so we have a number of commissions on the go right now, early on in the year. Photographic we, paintings or? No, they are. They start as a photographic painting. Uh-huh. But when they're finished, like, you know, when I, when I say they start as a photograph, but the, the finished painting is 100% oil painting. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, cause you're an artist and you're a yep, painter. And- yep. 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 But they, you know, that's another whole podcast in itself because it's like, what is a painting? Uh huh. Well, I could write a book on it. What is a painting? Oil painters, they don't own the term painting. Ah, they don't. Interesting. But what I can say is that paintings are paintings are paintings. And they are art, and they all, they do have a value. And and a lot has changed in this last little while when it comes to art. I mean, just look at NFTs, for example. You know, so can explain an NFT. There might be people, and I'm sort of understanding it now, but I'm not a specialist in NFTs. But it is a uh, it's an inanimate object. I mean, it it can be a photograph. It can be a moving. Uh, um, like a little video. Video. It can be. It can be a combination of, of the two, but it's not something that's actually physical. Right. You can own the rights to it, and you can then even take that and you could put it on a screen on, on in, in your home if you wanted. Mm-hmm. But you're really just buying the 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 non physical product itself. Yeah. Art. Oh, it's a digital. It, it, it's a complete digital world. Thing. Okay. And and you know what it's. It's accepted as art now. Right. Right. And people are selling it for a lot. It's not $200 for, we'll say, 200 NFTs from somebody's baby, because right. right. that really is, and I haven't thought about it till this minute, but, you know, it's that digital product has value. We sell $30,000 paintings. Uh-huh. We sell $50,000 paintings. You know, it just it depends on the painting. It depends on the, the 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 complexity and everything else that we're doing to it. But but we also sell you know ten thousand dollar photographs. Art, art, art is art. Now let's go back to the business side. Yeah. Yes, please. Because the business side of it is about you as well. 
you know, I, I was in a, I was teaching a workshop the other day because we do live workshops at our studio as well. And then I, I have the, my mentorship and I also have an a online academy, but, you know, I was teaching the other day and I, and I said, um, I asked everybody what was the most expensive um, one image that they've ever sold photograph. So everybody told me what it was. And there's a, you know, it was all over the, the map. And I said, okay, um, I'd like you to say, to sell me one of your pieces of art. So you want your photographs. I'd like you to sell it to me, quote me at $10,000. So you start, go ahead to quote me. Right. And they couldn't get it out of their mouth. Ah, right. And I said, well, it's just us here. It's just, this is all not real. I mean, you, you, they're like, I don't really think that people would buy my work for that much. And I said, oh, so the issue is you. Mm-hmm. It's not your piece because your piece doesn't care what you sell it for. And right. if someone really likes it, they might be willing to pay that much. But mm-hmm. if you're not offering it for that much because you don't think that you're worth it, that's your issue. Right. Right. So, so that's that mindset question that comes up a lot. Is Remember that I said at the very beginning, you look in the mirror uh-huh. at the start of the day. And who you see is your brand, right? Mm-hmm. So who you see is either that person that can say $10,000 or not. And sometimes all it takes is practice. Mm-hmm. So one of the assignments, Larry, that I give my clients is to, now, some of them don't have any checks or checkbooks, but right, right. to find an old checkbook that's expired and have their spouse or their child or their neighbor write them a check for you know whatever is beyond That's their nice. comfort like zone hand it to them have that person say thank you and and hug and and it is so awkward for people but it, it changes you know that inner working i also have people do a visualization of that same a process of being in their studio, doing the sale, you know, saying to somebody, well, that's 10,000. And they say, great, do you want check or cash? And like go through m- many times. And then of course, do you know who Ed Booth is? Oh yeah. Too tall, Ed, six, yeah, nine. Sure. <laughs> he oh, yeah. used to lecture uh, a hug with every booking. Ed and ben. so you always want to imagine that hug and mm-hmm. how grateful the clients are that you've provided what you have for them. And that $10,000 is a bargain because they get to love it the rest of their lives and have yeah. it be more and more valuable. So I love that, Larry. Yeah. I'm, I tell people I'm the, I'm the most inexpensive right now. Cause you'll ever get me. Oh, you know? <laughs> that's good. I, I do. I, and I tell them that I'm like, Oh my goodness. I feel like I am literally giving my work away right now yeah yeah. because i've got a lifetime into it right you know i've got 40 years of doing artwork into what i do 50 years really Uh uh-huh because i started doing artwork when i was about i don't know eight or nine yeah yeah so i mean i've got a lot of years of artwork uh, into what i do today and i've done a ton of research i've spent so much money on equipment and technology and studying you know and the the cost of a studio i mean oh my gosh Right. I, I, you're right. I should charge it double. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to because I've already quoted you. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Right? So, 
So I have a question because someone like me, who I am not a huge studio photographer, it's not it's not my happiest place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose if I had a bigger space and I had somebody doing the technology of it and making mm-hmm. sure everything was set up right, so I could do the creative part, it would be so fun to jump in and have the kids show up and get to do that part. Um, mm-hmm. I one of the reasons, like I'm one of those actual true natural light photographers, right? As is appropriate, where I can. I love to go outside and I love to find good light yeah. with beautiful backgrounds. Yeah. And you can. So somebody like me, who's not going to set up a holiday scene, bring some wisdom into translating. I don't, I don't even know my question, but part of me would be like, Oh, well maybe this isn't conversation. Isn't for me because I'm not going to do Christmas storytelling. Right. So speak to me about the outdoor photographer and like share your wisdom in that regard. I, I think that, that the, the creation of the product is, is you need to separate product creation from a sales marketing and merchandising system. So you're, you're, you've got to start with, with, well, what's the product that will sell to the masses during the Christmas season? Now, how you tell your story and utilizing the lights that you're already doing and the, and the scenario you already have, well, that's really up to you because that's part of your brand. Yeah. Right? So out, I can, I can go outdoors. I can do what I want, but it's Christmas, you know, with the anticipation. Correct. It but is, more than that, more okay. than that with the anticipation, it's, the individual image is going to be Christmas, but that the collectively it's going to tell a story. Okay. So what I was asking, I don't want to do Christmas. Oh, okay. But you have so much brilliance in this about branding, selling, creating mindset. Pick something other than Christmas then that the that the mass would like. Right? Okay. So let's 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 narrow it down, okay? Instead of the mass, because the mass is male, female, young and old. Right. Let's narrow it down. Who's got the money um to buy retail in America? Well, grandmothers. Yes. You know, I realized that about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. I was thinking, who's my absolute best clients right now? Grandmother. And it's grandmothers. So I started uh, doing charity events that had older women in them. I, yes. So it's grandmothers. Yes. And yes. Grandmothers have the checkbook. Grandma's got the money. Yep. You see, they got the money and they, they're they looking for that thing to spend it on that actually has purpose and meaning to them because they don't want to blow their money. They didn't have the, they don't have money because they've been blowing it. Grandmothers have, have another thing and it's called wisdom. Whereas the younger mother, even if they're wise, they're choosing to spend their money on things like kids, education, clothes, you know, mortgage. I mean, they're in a different spending zone in their mind and in their bank account. Mm-hmm. And grandmothers are at a different place. They're at a place where they've got their money. There's, for the most part, they're set, and they're they're now going to spend money on who? The kid, the grandkids. Correct. You said kids first, but it's truly the grandkids. Grandkids. However, if their daughter calls them up and says, "Mom, I really love this photographer's blah blah blah." 
would you get me that for Christmas? Okay, mm-hmm. now, even though the photography is quite different and not about Christmas, that could be her Christmas gift. Right. And you need to market it to her like that. Ah. I got okay. It. So your product doesn't necessarily have to be Christmas, but it's got to be something that grandmothers and mothers will connect to. Right. Right. That makes a grandmother do exactly what you did a little while ago when you went, wow. And then, uh-huh. oh. Aww. <laughs> so put make that your your see what I'm doing is I'm setting up a series of of things that you need to have in your mix of your art of your photography. Right. Now you then create your photography that can create the 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 wow in one image by itself that tells that story. And at the same time if you can do it in a sequence that tells a story, now you can put poetry to that and you and maybe mm-hmm. if you're not a poet, I mean I I'm blessed to be a writer. But if you're not a poet, it just use it, it could be a couple of words per page, whatever it may be that that makes it a, a story that's readable that the grandmother can then read to the grandkids. Mm-hmm. Then you've got it. Nice. So, however you want to set up your story, I know when I'm doing a family, for example, that has nothing to do with Christmas. I mean, I will photograph the family, but then I'll also have in my my consultation, I'll have talked to the each parent and got really deep insight into their children and what to, what their characters are like. Mm-hmm. I want to know the characteristics of, of who the child is or children are. I want to know the things that connect them as a group, as kids, but I also want to know who they are individually. Right. That way I can do a few portraits of each individual child, do one of the kids, do one of the family, do one of the individual mother uh, of the things that she loves one of the dad of things he loves and i've got a book right so now i've got the wall portrait which would be all of them but i also have the book mm-hmm. which is their life storybook right thank you so for i've that. still got the same two pillars right right two pillars again are well there's three pillars and the three pillars are wall art uh-huh. the story the storybook and, and the um, greeting cards and gift products. Yes, right. Right. You add those together and price them properly. You can't not be over a $5,000 of sale. Right. Priced properly. Priced properly. Okay. There's the other one. You know, you do a, you, you spend all this time putting this together and you make a piece of artwork. That is, I mean, the, the proper sized piece of artwork above a fireplace on average, is a 40-inch on right. the longest edge. Right. Framed. So if I'm going to sell a framed 40-inch canvas or metal, right, I mean, you better be up in that $3,000 range. And if you're not, you're underpriced. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's just say that's $2,800. Uh-huh. And now you put together a whole book with, say, 17 beautiful pieces of artwork, one piece of art per spread. So you've got 17 spreads, that's 34 pages. And you've got this gorgeous book, a one-of-a-kind book, mm-hmm. all custom written. I mean, that is unbelievable. You can't, there's no place to go buy that. Right. Now that's so that, got to be worth $3,000 too. Oh, easily. Easily. That, that sounds low for I, all that work. <laughs> but, I, I'll charge you more. 
Okay. <laughs> You're so fun, Larry. I'm so glad I asked you to, to join me. So now you got $6,000 and we haven't even added the cards and gifts. Right. Right. I mean, people say, how on earth do you sell a $20,000 uh, sale from a Santa session? I'm like, I sell five books because the grandmother wants one to have each one of their children to have one for their kids. Uh-huh. And there's two grandmas and there's an auntie like me that wants one. And yep. yeah. So we have we have these these different purchasing aspects that people can do if they're buying multiples. Right. Which then is an incentive for them to add on to their order. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, for me, when an order drops below 2500 bucks, it's very, very disappointing. Yeah. It's just it's just like I feel like I failed mm. because my system is set up to be at very least 5,500 uh-huh. and, and up. So Larry, I love the story you're telling to this worldwide audience about the potentials. I, in my initial little questions, I was going to ask you to encourage people who are feeling like in this shoot and burn world, it's impossible now <laughs> to make a lot of money. And even we have some colleagues who on their Facebook will moan about the fact that the industry has been ruined and you can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I would like them to listen to this whole conversation because. But you know, a lot of those people, honestly, a lot of those people, no matter how great a, a scenario you put in front of them, they still may not choose to agree. And there's a reason why in fairness to them, there's a reason why they were trained how to do the way they do 30 years ago. Right. And imagine doing that, like, like that for 20 or 25 years. And it Which worked. I've done. Yeah. Right. And it worked. Right. And it, it created a lifestyle for them, bought their house, put their kids in college. I mean, it worked. They were a, a trusted member of their, of their community. And, and, and now the, the general public saying we're not interested. Mm. And, and what, so the, instead of saying we have to change, they're saying something's wrong with the industry. Right. Exactly. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. It really is. I, I get that. It is. And, and I, I, I'm not like that. Honestly, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly evolving and evolving and evolving. And I like evolving. Sharks swim or die, right? <laughs> I just want to move. I just want to keep yeah. keep making and doing. And I want to innovate and I want to lead. So what's your encouragement for new people that see how many the shoot and share photographers are out there charging almost nothing? Burn. Um, or that they think it won't work in my area or everyone wants fill in the blank. I do this even remotely where I will go to a, uh, a different state and go to a hotel and I'll set up at the hotel and, and a really high, high end hotel and I'll set up and I, and I'll shoot for, for, you know, a three day period or maybe six day period and then come back, do all the digital work and make all the sales via zoom. Mm. And, and, and the averages are still the same because the system's the same. Yeah. So even if truly you have no studio. Yeah. You could still do this and, and be right. extremely successful. Yes. And, and maybe just go to an area where there's more ideal clients and then uh-huh. come home and do the work. If there's truly not the income in a certain community, is that you what know, you're saying? 
Uh, yeah, kind of. But I truly believe that I don't know. Care, I don't care where you're from. The clients are there. And I'll tell you why you. I, I believe that. You know, not that long ago, if you go back 15 years to buy a Ford pickup, you could buy a Ford, a brand new Ford pickup for about seven grand. Right. A fully loaded one, max 15 grand. Mm-hmm. Now a fully loaded one, Ford pickup is 70,000. Wow. And the same people that were buying the $15,000 one are buying the $70,000 mm. one. Now, they still made a, a purchasing choice. And if you were to go to their homes, they have made other purchasing choices that are expensive as well. But if you make what you do into something that is promoted as not being worth a lot, that's exactly the clientele you're going to get. Mm. And whether it's it's a, a client that can afford it or a client that cannot afford it, I mean, you'll get busy because your products are worth next to nothing, but you, you'll work really hard. You won't make anything. Right. And then you'll get get bitter mm. and negative. And we don't want that. Well, no. <laughs> no. Like, why not make a different choice? Like, why not make a better product mm. that makes more sense to the buyer, charge properly for it, and they may gripe and moan. And some of them are going to say nasty things to you and not buy anything. They will not be your client, but now you don't have to deal with them. Right. Yes, go and away. The reality is, <laughs> I don't need to photograph 300, 500 people. I'm fine photographing 50. Right. Yeah. Right? Okay. I want my listeners to let that settle in for just a minute. Mm-hmm. You can make, was it quarter of a million? Yeah, it'd be more than that. At, 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 if you're doing an averaging $7,000. I just want people to. You sure. can easily make a quarter of a million dollars with 50 clients if yes. you do everything Larry said and I yeah. say. <laughs> put, a, put, a, put a proper system in place. Yeah. Put a, put a proper system in place. Have Be fearless. Be a professional business person, right? Sell a product like you mean it. If somebody says, well, how much for, how, how much are one of those right there up on the wall? And, and don't have a product on, on your price list, your Whopper, for example, on your price list, but you don't show it in your studio. Right. right? It's like, <laughs> if, you know, if I go on location, I make sure I'm bringing along a 60-inch framed image on, on an easel. Mm-hmm. And it's properly merchandised with a spotlight on it. I mean, it looks like a million dollars. Well, it, at the very least, it looks like 4000 Right. And And... Why not right. show your show who you really want to be? Like, mm-hmm. just do it. I love this, Larry. I have tingles and chills. You know, one of my I wrote this down when I was in my twenties. Um, I love the book "Illusions: Tales of a Reluctant Messiah" by Richard Bach. Have you heard of it? No, I, I've not. Uh, it's a little. It's a fable, basically, about a pilot who finds another pilot that happens to be the Messiah and the Messiah is teaches the pilot because he wants to retire. And so there's all these great quotes that I wrote down and have thought about for uh, decades. And the one that comes to mind in this conversation is argue for your limitations and they're yours. So I can't do it because X. Okay. 
if the more the more we convince ourselves something can't be done, it's true. So what I love about you saying be fearless, be a professional, sell products like you mean it, you know, that like that's the antidote to that that kind of thinking that holds us back from the gifts that we have to give to the world, the lifestyle we want to live, the joy of creation, you know, the freedom to do what we want and the positivity. You're just, you're such a freaking light, Larry. (laughs) Thanks. And I want to be a light for a lot of people. And that's what I, why I I teach. And uh, you know, I've been taught by so many other um, photographers who are no longer with us that I really highly respect. Some of them taught me art. Some of them taught me business. And uh, I do want to share that with others. Um, You know, one of my favorite expressions that I use in my workshops, it's an expression called acknowledge and ignore. A a lot of of people, a lot of studio owners, they struggle with the negatives. So, you know, when they, when they, they find a way to finally get that out of their mouth where they say, okay, it's $10,000 for that. And, you know, that's a problem. I always tell people, oh my goodness, that's a 30 by 40. That's going to be perfect for that. And okay, we've got that written down here. And I don't even tell them, I just write it down because that's what's correct for them. If they ask me, I'm like, well, yeah, that's a $10,000 piece. It's perfect for that spot. I just go right back to perfect for that spot. But if they say, oh my goodness, that is so expensive. So you acknowledge that. Right. That's a negative. That's a negative comment. I go, oh, you know, Mrs. Smith, I absolutely appreciate um, a good budget. Right. Mm. Now let's talk a little bit about where this is going to sit. So it is where it's going to hang in your home. Uh, I think you said it was going to be over the mantle, correct? Now, am I talking about price anymore? No. Right. And you didn't even feel it. Like I acknowledged her by Uh saying, hey, budgets are important. And I totally ignored her and went back and said, let's talk about where this is going to hang. But I did it in such a fun way and such a professional way that what was more important to me than the price was where it was going to hang. And now let's talk a bit about that and why that size is so important for that place. Mm. You see, and then then after I've done all of that, she's like, okay, yeah, okay, I can swallow the 10000 now. Yeah, because you're continuing to help them understand the value. Bingo, that's the word. Yeah. Value without because I think a lot of people when they're like, I don't know how to explain the value of what I do, they're looking for words to say, you know what, this is the I don't know, some script as opposed to as opposed to what you just did, which is kind of tell a story. They acknowledge, I love that word, and kind of let that feeling of the value kind of blossom in their in their heart it's your job i mean they don't they don't buy wall art every day right but you sell it every day mm-hmm. so who's who's the the um the consultation person here who's the who's the authority you are you better right. be right and you need to be that authority through knowledge right all right. And this is what I, I uh, provide them. Now, I have another thing that I do in my the sales segment of my teachings and everything's systemized to me. I teach a, a system of being able to communicate 
with with a client or with anyone for that matter. I don't care. Maybe you're a parent with children. It, it's the same system applies when you're trying yeah. to get a kid to get to eat their lunch or their uh-huh. breakfast. But it's it's called education promotion close. The education part is me educating about you and you educating yourself about me. Mm. And the promotion part is you learning about what I do that can solve your problems. Mm-hmm. And the close part is me getting money out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's the fun part. Oh, yep. they're all fun. Matter yep. of fact, the education part is really simple because it's coffee talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I could sit and talk for hours and we'd go back and forth and back and forth. And I'd learn more and more and more about you. And you'd learn more and more about me. And as long as you didn't try to sell me something and I didn't try to sell you something, it would be just a stress-free conversation. Right. That's the education phase. Now, this is the really, truly the small version of this. But the promotion phase is now I establish something that has transpired in our conversation that I hear that you have an issue that you need solved. I mean, your issue is you want to put a big, a big, beautiful piece up in your wall. Maybe you want to buy a book. Maybe you want to buy a gift for someone else. Uh, but it'll come out in conversation. Mm-hmm. So then I can then tactfully say, you know, we have the most beautiful, beautiful artwork. And based on our conversation, Ooh. your style is a little more traditional. And, you know, we have a beautiful line of traditional frames and would go with a more traditional canvas look. I think it'll be incredible for that. Mm. Now, I still haven't asked you for it. We haven't talked about the image. We haven't talked about the price because that's over here in the clothes part. Right. All we're doing is having a conversation. But now I have firmly stepped from education into promotion. Mm. Right. So mm. now if you choose to embark upon that conversation, of promotion, mm-hmm. I depending on how long depending on how long it goes, I can choose to step over into the close area and quote you a price and get that written down. But if you get a little bit upset or you get a little bit anxious and you start backing up, I can see you right. If you start mm-hmm. backing up, I can quickly choose to acknowledge and ignore. Uh huh. So I have a key line that's important. Okay. Not even a line, but I have a key thing to do. So if you back up at all, I'll acknowledge why you backed up. And I don't care whether it's price or maybe you you know got a new house being built and it's not built yet or whatever the negative is. I'll acknowledge that. And the reason I say acknowledge is my father used to, uh, always taught me to understand chivalry, uh-huh. which is you know, being kind and respectful to others. So it's really a, the acknowledge part is being respectful to that person. So I acknowledge you, and then I go right to, let's talk a little bit about your home again. Mm-hmm. So there's it starts with that little line, mm-hmm. let's talk about. Let's talk about. I'm going to put that in quotes. It's important. Let's talk about. Because I take that and I step all the way back from close, all the way back over to education. And I'm talking about you again. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about the product. Let's talk about your fireplace a bit. Tell me about your fireplace. What is it made of? Is it, is it bricks, stone? Is it wood? Oh, it's wood. What color, color is the wood uh, that, that garnishes your fireplace? And how tall are your ceilings? Now, already, if you're listening to what I'm saying, 
you're not thinking about the price anymore. Right. In your mind, you're visualizing your fireplace. And we're going to talk about it because I said, let's talk about it. So that means that I'm I'm releasing the pressure valve on you. Got it. Completely. So that you can talk about you again, which is the most easiest place for anyone to talk about. Mm-hmm. And as we get going and you tell me more details about your fireplace, I can say, yeah, and this is a great example, Mrs. Smith, of why we should go with that specific frame that I suggested and the canvas. What have I just done? Very, very easily stepped back into promotion. Right. Without you even knowing it, I'm a step closer to close again. Right, right. And you're more comfortable talking about that canvas and the frame. And because mm-hmm. I know you need to be eased into it a bit, I might say, you know, there's actually three frames that are going to work really great for right now. And then I can step into close again. And I can always step back and say, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. So, so there, there's a method to all this that makes it easy. Right. And fun. And quite frankly, unless someone says no to me three times, I will continue like that. Uh-huh. And if they say no to me three times, then I always close something. And that is the ability and a time and a place to give them a callback to mm. discuss further. So always close something is really important too. So anyways, this is all part of my sales process. Yes, yeah. And and but it's meant to get the results because after all these years and then creating beautiful artwork and then going through all the effort to putting it all together, quite frankly, I don't want to give my work away. Right. Who wants to work a whole year and and just work so hard, do so much editing and artwork and so much work with clients and and quite often get beat down as an artist and photographer. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, you got, you know, 30 grand left. Yeah. Who wants that? Yeah. Yep. And some people would be delighted if they could even get to that point. But I love well, but that you're helping us. Not after 10 years. Think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you do it long enough, you're like, ah, what a career. I know. I know. So why not do it right from the start and go out there and make a lot of money. Right. And do the artwork that you specifically want for a specific target audience. Right. What I love about what you just said, it fits with the my core training, which is that we position ourselves as a trusted advisor and everything, the education, promotion, close, creating that relationship where they we can guide them Mm -hmm. to make what we know are really the best decisions for them. Because like you said, we've been doing this for a long time. We know the value Yeah. as someone that's uh, not as young as I used to be. I know the treasures that the photographs that I've had, like I have a new little great grand nephew and already he's a serious toddler. And those baby portraits I took of him and the wall portrait that I have is priceless to me. And he lives far away. And I needed somebody at the phase of like his nine month old to be the one to do the work because I still haven't printed those. (laughs) I still can't pick. I need a trusted advisor. So I love that. Oh gosh. I think we could talk forever, Larry. Yeah, um, it's a it's what I love about it is that I love it. Yeah. I mean, I so, I'm that. so passionate about what I do. I'm, I'm passionate yeah. about every day that I that I live. 
Yes. So I know you have a someone very special in your life that has changed you in terms of the value of certain photographs. So do you want to share a little bit about this special someone and how it changed your opinion on something? Well, well, I want to start by my um, I'd like to thank my wife, Ella. Uh, my wife, Ella, uh, not only is she a very good photographer, but she's also an extraordinary newborn photographer. And, and I really owe her an apology because, you know, when we first started um, going together, I honestly didn't think that newborn photography was wall art acceptable. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, well, I mean, you're really going to put a great big picture of a newborn up, excuse me, up on the wall. <laughs> really? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I just had never done it. And I always, you know, I saw these, some of these newborn images and some were really good, but so I was like, I just can't see it fitting into the sales system. And then, and thank God she still chose to marry me. <laughs> you know, she's an incredible woman. What's her last name? Or her business name, Ella? It's Ella Hirschberger. Uh, okay. Her, but before that, it was Ella Bednarik. Okay. So she's, uh, uh, Ella's Polish and I'm Canadian. And uh, but I, we're both, we're both American citizens as well. But, you know, we had, then we had Anna Rose, our child. Mm. And wow, did I change. Mm. Now I was a dad for the first time. And I had this precious child. And Ella photographed her in a newborn style, mm-hmm. her own, and I and I just melted. Mm-hmm. I I said we got to put that in the wall. And she's <laughs> like, oh really? And I'm like, no, no, I I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. I didn't know. I really didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, we were talking earlier, and yeah. um, Ken Whitmire, who I'm so sad that I didn't yeah. have a podcast to yeah, b- before he passed, Ken. but he used to tell people that photographs of children and newborns, you can't sell wall portraits with right. those. And I'm like, I, I've been selling them for decades. That's right. what I've been. Right. Yes, I do families. Yes, I do lots of other things, but there are you know, zillions of wall portraits of babies and children that I've created. Yeah, I was so wrong on that. I was yeah. so wrong. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with admitting when I'm wrong. And then yeah. that's a good example. I was wrong. And uh, I, yeah, I think that when you are incorrect, when you're wrong, I think you become a better person when you can realize you're wrong and you can stand up and apologize for it mm-hmm. and then move forward. Yes. Right. And and I think Elle is very, uh, she understood that I really did get it because she yeah. can see it in my face. Yeah. I mean, I, this is my baby. This is my child. I mean, she right. just, I mean, she melts me, that little girl. Yes. Yeah. And so to see her on a wall. Hmm. Yeah. And every day that goes by, that child is someone different. It happens yeah. so quickly in the yeah, first so fast. few years that the only yeah. way to be able to feel like you can pick her up again and smell that baby smile and hear mm-hmm. those giggles is through portraits and wall portraits are the best because absolutely more like they're there. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about books as well. And it's easy to make a baby book that, uh-huh. and I'm not, not talking about an album. I hate that word. I just, well, I don't want to say hate because I don't hate, but I, I dislike the word album. We, we 
photographers quite often tend to create products and name them the names that are sold to them by a lab. Right. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's like right. just because you buy a product at a store doesn't mean you need to name it that same name to, to the general public. Mm-hmm. I mean, album is just such a, a photographer term. And so thus it's got the photographer stigma and it's got a photographer value because the okay. vast majority of photographers undervalue themselves. Mm-hmm. So we change it. And so everything's a storybook, you know, they're children's storybooks. And, and uh, it's a magical storybook that tells their life story as, uh, at that age. And people identify with that. Yeah. I love you know, it. I want to read a storybook to my kid. I don't want to read a, an album. Right. Right. You listen to an album, you put it on a turntable with a needle and listen to an album. You lay on the floor and you listen to it three times all the way through. Right. Uh, That's what we used to do for people that are a little younger than us. (laughs) So I have two questions for you before we wrap up. One, I know you have a special offer with a code for one of your amazing products. So that's my first question. What is that? How do we get that? Okay. It's for the magical snowman course. Um, In that snowman course, you'll get video tutorials on how to create this magical snowman art. Uh, You'll get PMG files that are drag and drop. You'll get digital backgrounds. You can literally create snowman art anywhere in the world. Now, all you got to do is uh, log into artofmagicandlight.com. And when you check out, with the snowman course, just put in all caps, Lucy, L-U-C-I. Thank you. And the reason, Larry, that I got like, I need to get Larry on my show is I think it was our friend Lisa Evans or someone who posted uh, a photograph that she'd done using your magical snowman course. And I was like, there's no snow where you live. How did you do that? And then- Down the bunny trail, I went with like, I need to get Larry on the show. And I'm so glad I did. (laughs) So the last question is just either, was there something that you'd be like, oh, I wish I'd have shared this tip or just a kind of a final word to leave our listeners with? Yeah, you know, I think it starts with being fearless Mm -hmm. and learning proper business skills. Yeah, you got to understand that you got to make a brand and your style. But you know what? More important than that is understanding the business model. Mm. And that is being able to create a product from your photography that the masses will love to learn how to merchandise it so it gives it more value. And three, market it to a specific audience that can that that is meant for that product like you're not going to market pickup trucks to someone that lives you know in, in a high rise right right that's not going to be your target market anyways and then number 4 price it properly don't be afraid to price your artwork you know and some say i don't think it's good enough to price it you know what your your buyer will tell you whether it's good enough or not, you shouldn't tell yourself anything. Mm. Never price your products based the way you personally buy. Right. Ever. And then the last step to that is be fearless and put a proper sales system in place. If you don't know what a sales system is, 
you need to go learn how to sell. Yes. Yep. It's not, it's not something to be afraid of. There's no fear and there's no shame in selling. Right. I've got kids. I've got to put them through university. I've got a mortgage. I've got a car to pay. I've got clothes to buy. I want to take my family on a vacation. It's all got to be paid out of the sale of a photograph. Right. So why should I give it away? Exactly. And what I find as I'm helping people is the sales system is actually the easiest thing to learn. How you get yourself out there in the world, that can be, and attracting those clients, that can be a little bit trickier to me. There's just steps that when I'm, I was shopping for a luxury bed, latex, super Mm -hmm. comfortable, 30 year life on it. So Mm -hmm. it may not, well, I hope I outlive it, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, and I went to three different stores and they were like the classic. And I've taught on this of the, what not to do, what was okay. And then what was the place where I felt seen and known and heard and inspired. And I spent more than I planned and I was happy to do it. The woman, the place, everything was, was set up and I could, you know, being a, a teacher and a, a sales, I, I enjoy selling. It was just so clear. And I, and I bought into it, even though I could see that it was the formula, it still was sincere. It wasn't. Right. Um, so can I answer a question that you just had? You just yeah. asked a question and you stated something. I think a lot of, of photographers aren't sure about is how to get themselves out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a big problem for people. I think it's a big stumbling block for photographers, especially young photographers. Right. Let me give you an example. One of the products that I've we've added onto our product line is true oil paintings. Now that's a time-consuming process to do an oil painting. An oil painting can take anywhere from a week to five weeks. You can't do very many in a year, so you got to price it pretty high. Mm-hmm. How am I going to find those clients? Right. So I made sure that I was dressed to the nines. Mm-hmm. Right. Went and got the, the exact outfit on that I wanted to look like a hundred thousand dollars would look walking through the door. Right. Or more. And I went to the I looked around all the, the, the top car dealers in Tampa. And there's one that sells exotic cars, Ferraris and and, and the like. And I went there and I walked through the front door with a portfolio and I asked to speak to the owner or general manager. And I sat down and I had a game plan in place already of how I could help their establishment. Mm -hmm. What could I do for you? And he loved it. Mm -hmm. Now we're in their, their magazine. Everyone that buys a car gets a, uh, a car magazine. We've got an ad in that. And everyone that buys a car receives one of our gifts, mm-hmm. which is a discount on getting a portrait ah. of them in their car. Oh. Now, when someone's spending two or three hundred thousand dollars on a vehicle, hmm, I think they might want a portrait of their car, mm-hmm. of them in their car. But it took me saying, I'm going to get off my butt. I'm not going to whine about it. I'm going to go figure it out, make a system, and I'm going to go and present it. Right. 
So, you know who Gary Larson, the Far Side cartoon? Yep. yep. My very favorite one, there were some buzzards and a scraggly old tree looking over a field full of wildebeests. And buzzards have to wait for something to die. Yeah. <laughs> and and the one of the buzzards said, patience, hell, I'm going to go kill something. <laughs> and so to me, dressing to the nines, going to a dealer who whose clients are the client base that would appreciate you what you do is going out there and killing something yeah. and, you know, doing, making do your it. own fortune. You don't just, yeah, just go do it. Life yeah. is really short. You know, it's so darn finite. You know, even if you live to an old age, say I lived past a hundred, right? I've only got 40 years left. Right. Right. I mean, it's just little, time. but you know what? You don't know if you're going to die tomorrow. I can, right. I can finish this podcast and stand up and have a heart attack. You don't know. Yeah. Please don't. But yeah, well, I, I <laughs> I know. I know. life is short and, and yeah. it's part of a much bigger picture anyways. Yeah. But you know, you've got this time here. Don't waste it. Yeah. You know, don't waste it. Like yeah. make a plan, stand up, get excited about your life and then go do it. Larry, thank you so much. You have just energized me for the whole week. This is Monday and, you know, you and I are so uh, simpatico with our perspectives on this industry and, um, you know, both out there encouraging people to think bigger, to, to um, make it a success. And um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Remember everyone to stay tuned for my wrap up. And uh, Larry, you're just you're just a gem. Thank you so much. I I appreciate that. I'm, you know, this is why I do the mentoring. This is why I offer the the, the educational things that I do, because I think there's so many people out there that are right on the edge of taking off in their life, mm-hmm. and they just need that little bit of positivity and a system to get started. And then it's like you light a fire underneath them and watch them go. Yeah, I mean, I've got clients that have gone from zero to making six figures easily in, in year after year after year. Yeah, same, same, same. That's we, exciting to we me. We share that. We share that yeah. heart. And there's exciting. millions of people around the world working on being successful. So there's there's uh, plenty of work for you and I to do. <laughs> well, th- thank you for for inviting me on. I appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Larry. So I am back for a wrap up. I have so many notes. Wow. That was a wonderful, deep conversation with lots of great ideas and inspiration. Before I do, just to remind you, LucyDumasCoaching.com is where you can find a way to email me if you'd like a quick conversation and you can get a couple of gifts, uh, both on marketing. Anywho, check that out. So let's see. So Larry started out as an artist. He traveled to over 50 countries helping build sets for people. And he learned a lot along the way. So we talked about branding and how It's about, first of all, looking in the mirror at who you are and what your brand would be, 
how you want people to feel or what they do feel working with you, what your target audience is, what your end product would be, what you want to create from your own soul, creativity, imagination. And he talks a lot about being fearless. I didn't ask him how we can do that, (laughs) but I have a book I love called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So for me, I can feel that fear, but I don't let that stop me. Well, sometimes I do, I'll admit. Anyway, he also suggests to find a product where a large number of people are going to want that and that there is a time frame where it's what he called pre-marketed. So for him, Christmas, he starts that in the summer and it's a built-in audience and he creates stories with his photographs of kids with Santa as a part of the story. We talked about uh, the difference between holiday minis and something very different that is not available. So I like that, you know, and it doesn't have to be doing what he does, but doing something that is automatically in demand. I like that. And then doing it, <laughs> What when thinking about his work, doing it in such a way that there's not even any competition. We talked about mindset. And if we're not charging well, the problem is us and not that people won't pay that. We talked about how grandmothers are uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for being ideal clients for some of us. And he talked about I loved the acknowledge and ignore when negatives come up. And then he went through the his really sales system, education, promotion, close, and how he bounces back and forth before he gets to the close, be close seal OSE, not clothing, <laughs> uh, between education and promotion. And um, yeah, that was just such a great conversation with somebody that has such a big heart and so much knowledge and the ability to inspire. Um, Like I'm feeling super inspired right now to go out and be more fearless in sharing what I do, which is coaching. And I have an online course. I'll be having a sales academy group soon. So yeah, I'm feeling fearless. And I hope you do too, that you're feeling that because this was as all of my podcasts are, I have amazing guests and I always feel inspired by them. So that's it for now. Stay tuned for next week. I suggest you listen to this one again because they're just so many good nuggets. We used to say TTFM, ta-ta for now. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.